Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Oh, I didn't hear it. <laughs> I am I on? Uh, yes, I am. I'm sorry. That was a that was a little bit of a false uh, start, guys. Um as you can see, I'm not there, but I I am here. Um and uh this is a trial run to see if we could potentially do the show uh with me staying uh home which is something that is being suggested for anybody who is capable of doing their job and, and staying home. And um, I, I worry that a lot of people are going to think that I am being uh, a bit, uh, what, a bit paranoid or um, not showing proper resolve um, to so early before any confirmed cases uh, in in Pittsburgh to um, essentially stay home. But I think I'm doing the smart thing. And the smart thing, not just for myself, but the smart thing in hopes of uh, containment of uh, this virus, which which we know uh, now even I hope those in uh, the in the largest kind of denial uh, knows that this is um, we're heading into something which we have not seen before, unless you were around in 1918 for the uh, for the pandemic there that took so many lives. Um, and speaking of that. Um, we're learning a lot about uh, the history of pandemics now. And in 1918, so 102 years ago, was the uh, last great pandemic, a global pandemic. And it killed so many people in this country. Lessons were learned 102 years ago. And one of the lessons learned was immediate mitigation of uh, contact. And so my understanding is, is that two cities reacted differently at that time. Uh, World War I had just been won, and uh, the Doughboys triumphantly returned home, and there were uh, victory parades uh, to be held in all of America's cities. Philadelphia had its victory parade, even though the epidemic had just begun and there were those calling for the parade to be halted because you didn't want to bring so many people out into the streets and in such close proximity. Uh, St. Louis heeded that advice and canceled their parade to a great deal of uh, criticism, of course, from the population. And Philadelphia did not. Philly held its parade. And three days after the parade, which was widely uh, you know, attended, People stood and cheered and waved their American flags as, as the soldiers and the floats went by. Three days after the parade, Philadelphia's hospitals were overwhelmed. Six weeks after the parade, 
12,000 people in Philadelphia were dead. Those same numbers did not happen in St. Louis. And it has been, uh, I guess if you would take Epidemiology 101 or Virology 101, that is what you would have learned. The first thing you do is social distancing. And that's why I am now here. (laughs) I'm where you guys, I suppose, are. You home, I'm home. Um, And uh, except for being able to see my lovely face. uh, Well, I guess it's up on screen there, but a movable face. uh, You know, nothing will will change. Um, It's a little uncomfortable for me. I'm I'm sitting here with my uh, dog, uh, who I think I wisely gave a, a bone so he would uh, have something to do. Uh, but there are workers on the house next door, and he has been periodically barking uh, when they move, and also someone is coming to get him. So I'll, I'm apologizing up front for any dog eruptions. Uh, other than that, this should go relatively smoothly, and it could well be that this is what I'm going to do until someone sounds an all clear. Um, again, I, on a personal note, I want to reiterate that you know I am in a high-risk group. I do have an underlying condition, which makes me even more vulnerable on top of my age. Um, I, I have a chronic asthma. And so a respiratory illness for me is always uh, frightening. And since this one is a real killer, it is doubly frightening. And to say that I am not frightened would be untrue. I know that uh, it is media's responsibility to uh, give information and to not spread panic. And that is my intention I and I think acknowledging my own individual fear, um, I hope does not lead to un, you know other people feeling unwarranted fear. But I I think uh, anyone who is acting as if uh, life in America or for that matter anywhere else in the world is uh, is just as it was is well, in total denial. Uh, the virus has spread to all continents. It will continue apace, despite the fact that, as I said, as of this t- hour, I don't know that there has been an identified case here in, uh, in Pittsburgh. You can be assured there are people here in Pittsburgh who have the virus. Uh, a lot of people, we are told, are asymptomatic, especially I think young people, which is why I've told my son to keep his distance too. <laughs> I don't, it's just not a, um, it ain't normal times. And um, in so many ways, we are about to be tested. And I'm hoping I am providing a good example, actually, uh, that anyone who is capable and whose employer uh, allows, um, should socially distance themselves. That is what uh, is the wise thing to do, I would think. Um, Angela Merkel in Germany uh, suggested today that uh, up to two-thirds of all Germans could be infected before this is over. Now, let that sink in. I have seen, I, God knows, Donald Trump's not going to say the same for us, but uh, people in the know have said it would not be out of, uh, out of the realm of possibility that 70%, essentially two-thirds, again, of Americans will be infected by this virus or it... Um, I don't know, goes away or goes dormant or we figure out how the hell uh, to counter it. 
um, so many thoughts occurred to me uh, about this, um, and I think I spoke a lot about it yesterday, that um, our country's sort of woeful uh, social safety net is going to be, and actually is, I'll, I'll correct the tense, is being unmasked by this virus. I saw a quote uh, that, uh, that somebody said, everyone's a socialist in a pandemic. And thus you see uh, Donald Trump and Mike Pence and this Republican administration uh, calling for paid sick leave and, and other kinds of things that they are inalterably opposed to. Uh, it's, and now I guess for a lot of Republicans it will be, uh, they'll sign on to Medicare for all, but uh, just uh, for this one time, okay? And then we'll go back to what we were doing before. But um, everyone's a socialist in a pandemic, and that means a sense of being part of a larger fabric being responsible to the other threads in that fabric and um, really doing all the things that we're being told to do, whether you are feeling personally vulnerable as I am um, or as a younger person perhaps, um, even if you think, well, it ain't killing me, and I, it's no problem for me, it doesn't mean you're not supposed to follow the rules, especially the young people, because you will be the vectors, I think. Uh, you'll be out there more than some of the frightened uh, old folks. And um, you need to practice good hygiene practices that we're all desperately trying to, uh, to maintain. I had to go to a um, I had to go to a, a dinner last night, and um, I walked in the door, and it was amazing how people, um, most people still came with their hands out, and I I refused. I said no 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 no, and uh, this was a group of older people, and uh, I, I'm I'm nervous that so many people are uh, reluctant, unwilling, or just uh, incapable of changing the way uh, they do things. So we have a caller. Let's see how this works, okay? Caller, go ahead. Hi, Lynn. Can you hear me? You betcha I can. All right. Good. Yeah, this is Jeff from Greenfield. I was just calling. figured I'd give you a test to see if the phones were working. <laughs> so far, everything's good. Uh, it is coming through. Yeah, yeah, you sound good. Uh, the only thing is, it's obvious that you're on a telephone, and I guess there's ways to get around that. There's technology that makes you sound like you're right there in the studio, but mm -hmm. so far so good. And uh, great. I, don't know, I heard a report on NPR today that uh, three TSA workers uh, tested positive in San Jose. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. Exactly. Because you could just imagine the amount of traffic that goes through San Jose, being a tech hub, uh, yeah. Pittsburgh and everything. I mean, it's going to happen. Wait till after the St. Patrick's Day uh, parade. I'm glad to hear that Philadelphia canceled theirs. But uh, Dude, wait a minute, Philly canceled their parade? Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard. Well, uh, we damn well be we have not canceled our parade. Yeah, no. The, as of now, they haven't, and it's the fourth largest uh, parade. In well, the country, I think, and you figure how many people, I mean, it's really a social event for, like, families to get together and stuff, mm -hmm, so people mm -hmm. are going to be coming in from all over. Uh, yeah, I'm but, you know. myself where I don't have to go out other than go up to the Giant Eagle to get some lunch meat or something like that, but uh, i got plenty of toilet paper from Costco. Uh, <laughs> but, you, know. you got my toilet paper. I don't have a stock yet. Um, <laughs> damn. But I, I have to tell you, it to me is political leadership for whoever's in control. I don't know if that's the county executive or Peduto or whatever. They should not hold the St. Patrick's Day parade here. 
uh, history. Somebody refer them to what happened in Philadelphia in 1918. Yep. It's just insane. And, you know, so they'll take heat from disappointed people and and, uh, people's... Uh, plans will be upset. Uh, that's just the way it's going to be. And I was so happy to see that both Bernie Sanders and um, and Joe Biden canceled their uh, rallies last night. That is leadership as well. I agree. I agree. And, I mean, you can't just whistle past the graveyard and act nope. like nothing's happening. And, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a difference between uh, being thoughtful and panicking, and I think that you know to be concerned is uh, a reasonable response. Uh, yes. I don't, you know, I, I don't see anyone panicking. When I see all the, you know, people going out and getting, you know, going down to Costco getting four packages of toilet paper or whatever, you know, that's <laughs> kind of, you know, kind of ridiculous. But you know, you have to be concerned. You know, uh, I, I would I maintain. Yeah, hang in there, you know. Yes. And when 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 it does pass, because it will pass, we hope, uh, you know, then we can have a big celebration, you yeah. know, and we can pat ourselves on the back because of the way we acted socially. And I love that quote. What was it about? Uh, everybody's a socialist in a pandemic. That's you right. Know? Right. Well, <laughs> they should be. You know. Yes, they right. Should be. But and, the problem with this country is we'll go right back to our old ways. Um, the minute the threat is gone, we won't see that this, that keeping a healthy population, having a population that can, you know, stay home if they're sick, can be assured of getting uh, health care and all this kind of stuff that socialist nations, of course, assume is the role of government. And we're only going to do it now because we're we're running scared and trying to keep uh, millions of Americans from dying. And as soon as the threat passes, you think there won't be a push to go right back to where we were? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Uh, go out and shop. You know, yes, exactly. You know, exactly. Keep the, keep the economy going, you know. Uh, I, wouldn't that be something? I'm waiting for someone to say that, which is, of course, the absolute wrong thing to do. But they're worried about the economy because the economy, the impact on the economy will be huge and people's jobs are going to be lost. This is frightening stuff. It is for people. Hey, so listen, it's 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 great to hear you. Thanks for the little test. And uh, I'm glad it's sounding okay. <laughs> you're, you're sounding Jeff. great. Carry Thank on. you, Jeff. Love you. Okay, okay, I love you too. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, oh, my gosh. And David writes, uh, you know, I almost mentioned it was my dad's birthday. Dave in Washington always, I get this every year. Today is my birthday, which means it's your dad's birthday too. Yes, happy birthday to your dad. Thank you so much, and happy birthday to you. I was trying to figure, I think my dad would be 98 if he were uh, alive today. Maybe 99. I'm getting a little. And uh, and you say it's Sam Donaldson, the news guy's birthday, too. You know my Sam Donaldson story, I hope, um, uh, way back, maybe 30-some years ago. I... Uh, I was working at WTAE television and I had an interview segment on the noon news or something. I can't quite remember. And I would, um, Sam Donaldson. No, there was a guy named Sam Donaldson who was my guest that day. It wasn't the Sam Donaldson. He was a psychologist, if I'm remembering correctly. And um, when I went to the green room to say hello and greet him before the show, uh, he was a nice, nice looking, bearded, looked like a psychologist, uh, young man. And I said um, something, given my propensity to stick my foot in my mouth, I said something about, geez, must be a, you know, must be rough going around in life with uh with the name Sam Donaldson, because I couldn't stand Sam Donaldson. He was one of those at the time, sort of brash, in-your-face, ambush-style reporters, and he just, I, I didn't like him. So I say to this Sam Donaldson, it must be rough having that jerk's name. And he said back to me, that jerk is my father.
Oh, yeah. You know, that's when I, okay, let's open up the crust of the earth and let me drop right on through. Oh, God. Oh, my God. And he was very kind. He said it. he gets that kind of thing all the time, too. Oh, God. So every time I hear the name Sam Donaldson, I, I, uh, I think that. <laughs> um. Milton reports in, I'll miss seeing you, but you sound great. Let us know about email. And no, it's email's the same. Everything should be the, the same. And uh, Paul says, we don't need to see your lovely face to still enjoy your show. Maybe your dog can chime in with opinions once in a while. Well, I was wise. He's on that bone. Uh, and Paul says, my employer, which is a large insurance company, suggested that anyone with any type of cold should work at home on a full-time basis until the symptoms have fully subsided. Yeah, well, yeah, hello. We are not able to diagnose this thing. So, and, and, the, and the scary thing is, is that so many people have apparently proven to have the virus when they are totally asymptomatic. So, they don't have a fever, and there'd be no reason to test them. So that's um, that's the worrisome thing about uh, this particular. Oh, there you go. Okay, now uh, guys, this this is there's nothing I can do about this. This is a a walker coming to take my dog on his. Um, play he goes off and runs in the park in the I mean in a designated park for dogs to run in and uh as soon as she gets him out um things will be quieter and this is what I so when I I go to work I know that he'll be picked up uh soon after oh boy having trouble getting in the door okay I'll just keep on with the show um um hi so where are we I want you to know I am not um, I am not forgetting about uh, the primaries yesterday but uh, since Wednesday is the day that um, City Papers Ryan Dito joins uh, me in the last half hour um, I think we'll talk uh, about it then because uh, he is a young person and the young people who came out overwhelmingly for uh, Bernie Sanders, uh, this is a rough uh, time for them. And uh, and this is a big issue now for the Democrats uh, in the future. I almost said going forward, which I hate. Uh, because, yeah, the, the numbers are pretty astonishing. Uh, Sanders loses, loses, loses. But if you look at that demographic, 45 and under, um, they're going to Sanders, a lot of them. I don't know. I, I, I haven't seen a total breakdown, but that bespeaks a divide uh, that has to be dealt with somehow. Um, okay. Dog gone. Hey, I came upon, I don't know if you find this stuff annoying, but I came upon, a, this was a letter to the editor in the New York Times that I found of interest um, in terms of uh, how we're all uh, trying to, um, you know, do the right thing, or I hope we all are, uh, in regard to not touching our faces <laughs> For me, it's just an impossibility. I mean, I my I'm my hands are on my face all the time. Um, but a, a letter to the editor from a woman named Susan Aiello gave me. I don't know if I could end up doing what sh she suggests here, but it's a good idea. I pass it on to you. She said, "When I was a child, we did not have hand sanitizers." So some of us relied on common sense advice from our mothers to avoid getting sick or spreading our germs to others. And this was her, what her mom said. Use one hand for the world and the other hand for yourself. 
And she explains it thusly, while some tasks do require the use of both hands, if we could all get into the habit of using only our dominant hand to touch other people, shared surfaces, door handles, banisters, touchpads, anything, and only our non-dominant hands to touch ourselves scratch our itches, blow our noses, you know what's, and rub our eyes, it might help contain the spread of coronavirus and other illnesses transmitted by, uh, by contact. And I think that's actually a brilliant um, thing. It's just that none of us, I suspect, are in the habit of doing so. But I find, you know, I'll tell you, when this thing is over, um, we will all be smarter about uh, containment of, you know, any kind of uh, contagious disease. And it could well be this will uh, mitigate the uh, incidence of regular flu as well. So in that regard, the um, the uh, lessons we are learning now um, do not have to be jettisoned uh, when this particular threat um, has, has abated. Uh, but yeah, get get used to some really uh, bizarre stuff. Um, St. Patrick's Day parades um, have been canceled all around the country. Uh, Pittsburgh should not be lagging on this. Um, in Europe, professional soccer games are being played um, in empty stadiums. Uh, March Madness, if the NCAA is um, is doing the right thing, I'm afraid March Madness will be a little crazier than usual or not as crazy as usual because it could well be that the games should be played in empty empty arenas. And um, it doesn't mean people can't see them, but they can't see them all in one big group. They're going to have to watch on TV. Um, that happens, what, in... Um, some of the tournaments are happening now. I don't know. But see, people got to step up. Organizations have to step up. And we'll see who's serious and, and who isn't, um, who can see beyond their own um, interests and desires and who's capable of, yeah, changing because these are not, no, uh, these are not normal times. Uh, Barbara tells me that Chicago's mayor has canceled uh, its St. Patrick's Day parade. Um, so I, I don't think there's any doubt that uh, Peduto or whoever is in charge, I guess it'd be Peduto, will have to do the same. Um, uh, Jen is saying, apologize for possibly being late to the show, but I can't stomach KDK anymore. <laughs> Jesus. Well, good. <laughs> I haven't listened to them in a million years, but she asked, have you ever talked about the open air markets in China? Well, they think that's where it started, right? I know it's a tradition for them. And of course we have our farms, but my heart breaks for those animals. Oh, I don't know exactly what it is. You're, I'm sure. Um, I don't know enough about them, Jen, to, uh, to comment. I, I don't like uh, BSing, so um not sure. But uh, I would imagine when all this is done, uh, we'll learn a lot about a lot of things we did not know before. And it would be wise that we did. <laughs> okay. You guys are sending me stuff that's making me laugh and I can't share. So, uh... Um, uh, Ed writes, have you heard anything about why this country <laughs> is not using the COVID-19 test kits that the World Health Organization is providing to the rest of the universe? We apparently refuse the offer from them to provide an unlimited supply. Really? God damn. 
Well, you got to believe that's American exceptionalism going there. It's like, oh, well, we are the biggest, baddest, the best, and we can do a better test kit, and we don't want no test kit made by some United Nations uh, agency, and we'll develop our own, and that will probably mean a nice uh, contract, right, government contract to some some connected capitalist to make a killing off of uh, this killing machine. Um, wow. The testing thing which uh, ed brings up here is when the history of this gets written is going to be um just a huge uh part of what will prove to be just a major stumble out of the gates for the uh american governmental response to this uh crisis um just just huge. You can't know what you're fighting if you don't have the numbers. You cannot know. And so this is, uh, wow. God help us all is all I have to say. I'm told, I'm reminded by Amy back in the studio that it's 1030 and uh, Ryan Dito. Yes, hello. Hi, Ryan. Hey, Dito, how are you? Hey. I was so scared of sitting next to you that join the club. I'm not. You know, am I right? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I didn't want any spittle accidentally landing on me. You, who just weeks ago were were mocking my concern over this. Uh, well, I mean, potential pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Well, so well, it's it's clearly exponentially grown since those like first reports. So uh, you know, I'm on your side now. Uh, it's a uh, it's yeah, a, good. It's, yeah, it's, we're it's all in the same boat issue. here. I actually canceled Except my uh, it, flight. Yeah, recently and I to did Florida. explain to the audience, and I'll just explain to you. I mean, I do feel ex- uh, more vulnerable, certainly, than like you are, right? By virtue of my advanced age <laughs> right. and my chronic asthma, so right. that's why I've decided I'm just going to try to, you know, because I can. This works. People right. are saying it's fine. So oh yeah, yeah. No, I think I'll do that. Pretty much the same. I'll see you in a few months. <laughs> I don't know. I'll. We'll see. So right. See how fast it what? I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I want to. I have not talked about the um, the election primaries last night okay. yet. Yep. I was waiting for you. Oh, cool. Uh, because I think you and I uh, represent <laughs> um, sort of to the, the the potential split right. that's in the Democratic Party. Definitely. Me, an old liberal. Right. And um, you, a young progressive. Yeah. And um, I just, I don't know. We're going to have to, what is your sense, first of all, of what what the future holds for Bernie Sanders' candidacy? I'm curious. Oh, it's over. <laughs> Biden's Biden. Yeah, got but it does he know? Does he know that? I um, no. I don't know. I did I did see something yesterday that uh, Bernie, after the after most of the results came in, went home to Vermont and didn't uh, didn't 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 do any um, events. I think both candidates had canceled uh, rallies in Cleveland right. because of the coronavirus. But then Biden held a uh, impromptu sort of much smaller rally in Philly, I think, last night. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think I think not only Sanders probably understands what's going on, but a lot of the a lot of the people I follow on Twitter, which are young lefties like myself, um, are, uh, um, you know, understanding that the contest is pretty. It, I mean, it's over, you know, and that it's about. Um, figuring out the like way forward from here, you know. I think there were like so many lessons from this um, from this primary. The uh, lesson that higher turnout doesn't actually, you know, doesn't actually lead to uh, a more progressive electorate like the Sanders campaign had, uh, you know, envisioned, right. right? And I think a lot of people thought that could be a possibility, right? Because when Obama won, he ran on higher turnout as well. But Obama is a unique figure, and we probably shouldn't compare him to anybody. Um, and Exactly. Yeah, and, and, and so I think the Sanders camp thought, and I think a lot of people's thought, is that, oh, this is a possibility that 
higher turnout means we'll get more of those 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 like uh, working class, I guess, progressive people who don't even know that they're progressives, I guess, would be the like a theory. But that's wrong. <laughs> that is not correct. It's actually when higher you get well, higher turnout, it really moderates. You know what else I the, think? Uh, you you, know, you brought up that Barack Obama was a unique candidate, yeah. and I agree. But what I think we're finding out now is maybe a misread of the 2016 uh, primary and election totally. in that Hillary mm-hmm. was also a unique candidate. Right. And t- not use, I, I, I think in a Bernie negative way, in a negative probably way, I would took say. too much. Um, a lot of what he got was anti-Hillary vote Definitely. as opposed to pro-Bernie vote. Right, which, 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 when, which I think I had brought up before, what, too, with, like, uh, you know, people in southwestern Pennsylvania that might have, like, you know, Cambria County, for example, you know, voted for Bernie in 2016. But I wouldn't say that Cambria is a progressive county. It's, it's more that it hated Hillary. <laughs> and, it uh, hated Hillary. Right. I, I think the upper – I heard um, that uh, Michigan's Upper Peninsula – Right. was just overwhelmingly for Bernie uh, f- uh, 2016, right. and um, and yet overwhelmingly for Biden yep. last night. Right. Those those like now white... that bespeaks either Hillary hatred yeah. or misogyny or both. Both, both probably. Um, but, but I think I think what it is too is that the Sanders campaign, or at least the Sanders uh, surrogates or Sanders fans. They, uh, I, I had heard from them that they were confident that um, they could win white working class areas like, like you know, West Virginia, for example, or like southwestern Pennsylvania, for example, outside of Allegheny County. And um, that's not true. Like, like those areas are not this, this like secret progressive, you know, bastion that's just looking for like a populist to, you know, talk about healthcare and talk about, um, you know, job, you know, or whatever else, um, you know, Sanders was focused on. Um, those areas are just conservative. <laughs> and I think, I think well, when the working I think, class in this country, the white working class and yeah. even the black working yeah. class, I, this is not a, I don't know. This is a country of I mean, they're more sort conservative. Of like, yes, I, I think they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, not, you know, they're not right wing or anything like that, but they're more conservative no. than Sanders is, right? They are, they are moderate in that, in those, in their, they're definitely social moderates, like, no doubt about that. And, um, you know, I, even on some other things, they're moderates. And so I think the lesson that I learned, and I actually said this, you know, a few times before, and I got yelled at by some Bernie people on Twitter about it, was that the, the path for the Democratic Party, at least for progressives, is through the educated suburbs, basically. That's where you have to do your convincing. That's where you need to go and be like, hey, isn't free childcare a good idea? Isn't isn't free college a good idea? Like those are the people you need to convince. And it's not just about some broader youth turnout that will you know, materialize like, you know, 20 somethings don't care about voting, you know, <laughs> they just don't, or at least Apparently not as much. Not. Well, I mean, but I mean, yeah. have they ever, but though? You know what? Have they I ever? Think, I think that's I think, something to say. Uh, listen, things don't ever move quickly enough in this right. country for any, um, any activist. Right. Um, that's been the case in, in my life, always too slow. Right. But I think, you know, what's going to happen this, the uh, coronavirus is going to um, well, it's already turning uh, Republicans into temporary socialists, right? right? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Right. Yes. All I of know. a sudden, they're oh, yeah, yeah, we got to do yeah, paid sick leave. Yeah. We got to do this. Uh, <laughs> but we got to have health, yeah, them available. You know, child care. They got to have. Uh, right. So the thing is, is to pull that back after that is going to be a little harder. So this coronavirus response is going to end up pushing the country further left. Right. And there's a lot of things that are like pushing it left, but I think yes. what I think what what uh you know progressives in, you know, electoral politics don't understand is that there's still a lot of persuasion to be done. And I think some people are starting to realize that after the primaries. I saw like AOC was talking about this and, and you know, some other people that you have to right. persuade 
people <laughs> to your cause. You like we. Uh, you can't berate them into it. Well, especially because we don't have the numbers to do so. <laughs> that's <laughs> you right. Know? They just don't right. exist. So you have to build that coalition, and I think that's probably the biggest lesson. And I, and I think a lot of lefties are going to understand. I think some Bernie people maybe not, because you know. But I think most people will understand that like this. This is how you do it. You have to go up to Fox Chapel and you have to go up to McCandless and 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 make a legitimate case. Be a salesperson almost about about these things. And I think um, for a long time it was more of like a broad strategy of like, well, just just like turn them out and, 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 and yell about your causes and these other things. And that's not that's not true. And, and uh, you know, and I think there's also like another thing we can't forget is that there are lots and lots of people that just really, really hate Trump. And Biden has pretty yeah. much always been seen as the most comfortable mm-hmm. and safest pick. And um, and that's their right. And also you know, in many ways, that. and Brian, also in many ways, Biden provides a, a, a stark contrast to um, to Trump right. in that he's. He's an affable, kind yes. person right. generally, yeah. and and um, honorable person, and empathetic person, yeah. and you know Bernie uh, just looked like uh, you know this angry sort of another angry my way or the highway guy, and I think. Biden, for all his faults, and I do right. not, <laughs> I was got a lot not of a Biden too. supporter. <laughs> yeah, right. Is Obviously, the Democratic uh, voters think he's the guy. And you know who we should listen to in that regard? Hmm. Uh, Donald Trump. Donald Trump ended up getting impeached, right? right? Yeah. Because he considered Biden. Oh, yeah. He's terrified of Biden. A a threat that he needed foreign government's help to dig up dirt on him. I I think what everyone forgets about Trump is that. Where so like Trump's electoral path was he did increase turnout in rural areas. Right. And I think that's because of his anti-immigration stances and his racism and his misogyny that he he uh, he he said it's okay to be these things. Don't let the liberals or don't let the rest of the country tell you that you can't be this way. And so he really encouraged that turnout. But really where his margin of victory lied was in those people that were holding their nose for him. When they went to the polls, you know, and they were kind of right. like, oh, right. I'm 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 a I'm a moderate or I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a centrist Republican or whatever. And and you know what? I don't really like Trump and what he's saying, but I'm going to hold my nose and I'm going to do that. And Biden basically gets all of those voters. You know, that's exactly that's right. what those voters want. And Bernie needed to do a better job of convincing those voters that he's also like that, which I think he he kind of is. At least he or it. At least he had messaging to say that he was, but he definitely got locked into that idea of, of you know, this is the best way. We need to do this. And, uh, you know, I think it played out on Super Tuesday. I think it's very clear on Super Tuesday what happened. Um, you know, another thing that I'm really interested okay. in, um, though, uh, with Sanders, which I think in, in terms of the future of the progressive um, you know, party within the Democratic Party, I guess, is Sanders did do a really good job of unlocking the Latino and like the immigrant related vote. Yes. And that's Absolutely. something that like the party is really going to have to like, like ask Sanders and his campaign and these other things and be like, how did you do this? Like, how did you how are you able to really, you know, motivate Latinos to vote California and these other states? They just they just backed you know, Sanders and they had originally backed Clinton, you know? So it's like in that same way that like, um, you know, Biden was able to, to really recapture the white working class in like Michigan and, you know, a bunch of other States, um, you know, and especially the black, um, you know, voters, um, Sanders kind of showed this, maybe this potential new path for, um, really unlocking, um, you know, Latinos. And that's something that the democratic party has, was just been kind of laughably bad at. I think I saw one quote that was like, he didn't do this like Yo Como Uno Burrito like shtick. <laughs> right. And I'm like, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't no, do he that. No, he didn't. And it worked. So it, it, it was really But you know what? I, here's what I don't get, though. Because um, the Republicans would seem to be a good fit for Latinos because yeah. I thought, you know, uh, Latino culture and the, yeah. the Catholicism yeah. that permeates it and the familial traditional values yeah. Yeah. would be a really good fit 
for rep- the Republican Party yeah. if they hadn't gone so racist. Right, right. If they would have, if they would have followed Bush's path. I mean, George W. Mm-hmm. Bush's path of George like, w. yeah, you know, compassionate conservative, like, you know, um, yeah, I don't know, like, you know, just being friendly to Latinos and talking about those, you know, church and those and those, um, you know, familial values and stuff like that. But um, that definitely hurt them. But I also think that the fact that the country just keeps getting more unequal is also particularly hitting Latinos really hard. And and so those, yeah. you know, clearly those like free college, you know, you know, free health care, those kind of things seem to be having a huge effect on on, you know, on Latinos. And I think immigrants in particular that, you know, I think, you know, if you've ever spoken to a lot of immigrants, uh, they like come to this country and they assume it's one way. Right. And then especially over the last like 20 years. Well, it just hasn't been. Yeah. It, 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 it hasn't been this, no. you know, shining city on the hill. And they've struggled immensely. And, and I think some of them are even like, what am I doing here? You know, why did I come here if, if I'm just going to be hated, if I'm just going to struggle to get by, if I'm just going to do this? Like, I might as well go back to, uh, you know, my country of birth. I might as well go back to Central America or Mexico or Africa or, um, you know, Southeast Asia because, you know, like why why am i why am i struggling with that so i think yeah. i think that i i think that's something that's like that was really really interesting to me even though um you know bernie as a whole uh, got you, you know got beat well i'm so i mean you're making i was afraid that you were going to sound um so disappointed yeah. and potentially angry and, uh, today. <laughs> People get some misperceptions about me. As a representative of the young, uh, <laughs> of the young progressives yeah. in the party, but um, so you really, you're making me feel better. You really think that the vast majority of of Bernie supporters will come out to vote in November because the because oh, yeah, you gotta get oh, Trump definitely, out. definitely. I think they always were going to. There's still going to be some loud ones online that are going to declare that they won't, and then every other person, non-Bernie person, is going to, you know, you know, tweet that out and be like, "Look, see," <laughs> you know. But it's like it's not realistic to to what to what it really is. Um, <laughs> but you know, that's how social media works: is that you point out one little extreme thing, and then it becomes like the truth to a lot of people, that's even right. though it's not. Um, I think I think one thing that you know, um, I think Bernie people will struggle with a little bit, but I think they will eventually get there is um, you just have to take lessons from elections. You know, you have to you have to look at the elections and go, OK, let's what analyze this. Wrong? Exactly. And I think that's true. Um, you know, that's something that, you know, I love looking at even here locally. If you look at certain elections for like state house or state senators versus like, you know, like, you know, a really interesting one is uh you know, Senator Lindsey Williams um, won in 2018, and her seat is mostly the northern suburbs of Pittsburgh, but also just like Highland Park, basically. And she won her seat, but barely, and she won it with like all of this support, this huge margins just in the city, and then didn't didn't perform nearly as well in the suburbs, even though like Connor Lamb and uh, Bob Casey and these other people, you know, did really well in the, in, in, in the suburbs. And that's just like that thing is that, well— how do you replicate that into the suburbs? How do you p- convince people to vote for Democrats in the suburbs? Like, is, is, is something that I've seen, and now I think we're seeing play out on, like, a bigger, a bigger stage, and, like, progressives need to take those lessons and to be like, you can't just win with youth vote. You can't just win with this. You need to go to these areas and make inroads. Yeah, you do. And and, um, and, and and honestly, well, when they do, so when they do, and if Democrats do, it's over. getting Trump out? Oh, yeah. I mean, Biden, it, I mean, I think, I think there was always a little nervousness about Biden because of his, you know, his uh, weird comments yeah. and just his, just his peculiar right. nature, I guess. Because he's Biden. Right. And he's, uh, yeah. Yeah. He's and, he's, and he's, and he's, and, and he's yeah, a lot older than he was, you whatever. know. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and all these things. But, but I think the election really showed the Super Tuesday, especially, and even last night's election really showed that, like, there are a lot of people in these areas that are just ready to vote for Biden. And Trump is terrified. He's terrified. He's tweeting insane things at this point. He said something about Michigan yesterday where he said, Democrats want to take your gasoline-powered cars. They, <laughs> It's just like, what is he talking about? Most Americans want to drive electric cars, by the way. They just they, this is that the companies aren't making them. And, um, you know, and like all these other things. And it's just like, it's just going to be a lot of that. It's going to be a lot of like craziness. And um, 
Well, but but the Democrat, yeah, that craziness will continue to oh, empower yeah. the Democratic turnout because right. the greatest thing the Democrats have going for them um, in November is Donald Trump. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. he's our get out the oh, vote totally. guy. No, he totally. And, and I mean, that totally happened in 20, you know, 18. And, and you know, yeah. luckily for him, he's still really exactly. good at getting out his own base, you know, unlike unlike Obama in 2010. Right. But um, he's still good at getting out his own base. But man, does he really encourage Democrats to vote? I mean, and, and so, the, you know, the, you know, the turnout in Michigan was up 40 percent. Oh, it's huge. From. 2016. I think in that Virginia it was like doubled or something. Huge. Yeah, like I mean, it's just it's just this huge thing, and so it really does show the path that the Democrats have, and really yeah. the Republicans should be really scared because if the Democrats can combine the suburbs and and the cities, it's over. It's over. Like the Republicans are wiped everywhere, and so the longer that Trump stays in office, and the longer that other you know Republicans mimic Trump, you're gonna see those mm-hmm. seats lose and it's up to democrats and progressives to work together and to try to understand how to convert them while also trying to move the country left at least for progressives you know like you know trying to move the country left at the same time it is possible it's just it's probably not possible by yelling at people um and no, <laughs> no that is so true uh yeah the carrot not the stick right. and there's it just doesn't work as well there's also this really you know smarter people than i have have been telling me this too that with biden on the ticket especially in pennsylvania let's just talk about pennsylvania i won't i won't i I don't know other state legislators um there's a really good chance that he really boosts democrats chance at flipping the state legislator in pennsylvania and that would be i don't i and this is where progressives need to understand too that how massive that would be minimum wage done it's done. We can finally actually get the minimum wage. Non-discrimination bill, done. You know, done. <laughs> like right. all these things oh, that, just, uh, <laughs> that yeah. you know, that It'd have just be been blocked. Change. No, yeah, and, they've been blocked by the Republicans. Well, you actually and got the same thing is happening about in Virginia. Biden at the head of the ticket. Here's my problem. Yeah, we got to keep him alive. <laughs> I am not kidding. Yeah. He's got to stay he alive until 2020. He's, a, he's an old man. Bernie, him, and Trump are all vulnerable to this virus. That's true. That's true. And Biden. I call it the boomer virus. He could no more go for two seconds without hugging somebody. He can't. Hey, maybe that'll be like a win-win. No, maybe it's like a win-win because it's like, you know, all his staffers are like, yo, stop touching people. And now it's like, if you do it, you'll die. (laughs) (laughs) Well, really, we got to protect him. And who's his running mate? I don't know. I was. I it's was. Got to be. You know, a, it's a black woman. Yeah. I mean, that would. I mean, yes. I mean, I. I. I personally would like to see someone like Tammy Baldwin, who's not black, but um, who is a white female senator. Lesbian. From, yeah, lesbian. Yes. From Wisconsin. Yes, from Wisconsin. Just because Wisconsin is such a crucial state to win, that's probably the most crucial mm-hmm. state. You know. Um, well, she's wonderful. But and and she yeah, and she's great. Have and she would be a concession a, a to the left profile. as well, you know, because she's pretty progressive. She's really progressive, actually. But but she's, she's very still, progressive, and she still yeah. manages to win in Wisconsin. And I know Stacey Abrams has been brought up a lot too. Um, the thing about Stacey Abrams, though, I don't get is that like, it just feels like it's a media concocted one. Like every, I agree. You know, like the I media agree. is just saying about Stacey Abrams. Like, Who she, is she? Where did she come from? <laughs> she's just like what she was just a minority she, leader of the Obviously, she held some of this, elective office in where Georgia. Is Georgia, that where yeah, she's from? she was the minority leader of the state house in Georgia. She's basically like Pennsylvania's okay. Frank Dermody, you know, but no one knows who Frank Dermody yeah, but, is. But a black woman but yes, in yes, Georgia yes, yes. rising to that bespeaks a master politician and somebody who's capable of, you yeah. know, pulling people together or yeah, whatever. Uh, totally. So I, I think she's definitely she's an impressive, a, in, impressive politician, but um, we're not going to win Georgia. We're not going to, we're not going to win. They're just not going to win Georgia, you know? So I guess I guess for me, I mean, maybe I'd like to see a mix of those things. I think it I think it 100 percent has to be a woman has to be, you know, Um, obviously, I would also prefer a, um, you know, a black woman or even a Latina. Um, But, you know, I think I think we have to think strategically about maybe where Biden is weakest in what state and maybe go with something that'll give him a boost there. It was like Hillary's choice of Tim Kaine was just so dumb. 
Um, <laughs> it was so dumb on so many levels. I re- you remember when it was announced that resulting uh, groans and astonishment? Are you kidding me? Right, and it's like we were going to win Virginia. This you don't need a guy no- you from don't- a Virginia. Are you kidding me? You don't need another milk toast guy that like that like will appeal to suburban moms. Hillary already does that. She's Hillary. <laughs> like, you know, it's just God. like it was like doubling down on her own appeal. And it was like, why? You have to appeal to another side. So so I think I mean, obviously, as a as a as a progressive lefty loser, guy like me, I want to see somebody <laughs> who who like, you know, like at least speaks for that side because that is the future of this party, you know, and like, you know, the generational divide between Sanders and Biden was so stark. And and the future wants wants someone like Bernie, you know, and and so, you know, if you really want to make if you want to make if you want to hold together the Democratic Party, don't pick Tim Kaine, you know, (laughs) you know, you um, and I think I think, you know, it'll be it'll be really interesting, um, you know, to see who that person is i also don't think it needs to be somebody who's already been brought up i think that's like this idea that like it has to be kamala harris or someone like that it's like why are we so obsessed with the people who are already ran for president or anything like that there are plenty of amazing politicians that have built these coalitions for years Mm -hmm. that we don't even know about you know like how does tammy baldwin win in wisconsin how does she win you know she clearly got some special sauce like maybe we should tap into something like that you know that's my thought well, how is she different than Amy Klobuchar winning uh, as she does in Minnesota? Because because she's incredibly more progressive and she's gay. Like, I mean, that's a totally different like identity for one, and and um, totally totally different stances on a lot of things. Amy Klobuchar is very moderate on a lot of things. She also had a record as a yes, very yeah, you yes. Know, you know, she had a record as a pretty brutal <laughs> district attorney. You know, these other things. Also, uh, you know, I have friends in Minnesota, and you know, um, it's a it's a state that uh, outside of the Twin Cities, people hate the Twin Cities. You know, they call people from the Twin Cities cityites. Like, I mean, this is, this is, it's a very, there's a huge rural and, you know, urban divide in Minnesota. And I think Amy. They elected Jesse Ventura <laughs> governor. Hey, California elected Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. Like, it's crazy. But I mean, it, wait, but wasn't he like a, um, he was like a Republican, Jesse right? Jesse Ventura yeah. was a, he was, you know, an it's incoherent like an in- kind of right, politician. Right, he right. was a, yeah, it was just a, you know, a guy who saw it like he saw it and right. spoke, you know, so he didn't fit into any right. particular right. box. So, like, I think it's really interesting um, that, like, you know, um, I just think, like, those are the questions we got to ask. And I think being strategic about the states, maybe someone from North Carolina might be a good choice or, or, or even Arizona might be a good idea because maybe that state is on the cusp, you know, like, because like you really got to think the, about the electoral map. I'm assuming if Biden yeah. is the nominee, which, which he clearly is at this point, um, you know, Pennsylvania is almost a lock because Pennsylvanians love Biden so much. Agreed. <laughs> they love him. So, you know what? <laughs> yeah. And if Biden's elected, he'll be Pennsylvania's second that's right. Finally, we can finally get rid of James Buchanan. Um, that loser. We, we won't have to just have James Buchanan <laughs> as the only, the only president. Who lives like from, right uh, on the border too? You know, who is like right so, on the Maryland border too? Just saying. <laughs> so anyway, I um, oh gosh, what a difference a day makes. But in yeah. this strange time we're living through, or or trying to live through, in my case, um. This is going to be just a mind-blowing two, three months yeah. and up until November. And nothing in this coronavirus thing is going to help Donald Trump. Oh, no. No, no, no. It's hurting, it's hurting him immensely right now just because of all this right, right. The, like, lack of testing, the like, bailouts he's suggesting. Like, all these things are just, they're just bad headlines. And he really needs it to go away so he can focus on trying to attack Biden, basically, and trying to bring up all these conspiracies and stuff like that. But... But but as long as coronavirus goes on, that's what Americans are going to be most focused on, you know, because it is like of the course. world. It's the world story at this point. So it crushes him. 
like and uh it crushes him yeah. he cannot bully it right he can't you just know? say oh it's done it's done it's done it's like it's not done it's, uh, we don't we don't he have a case lost, we don't have a he confirmed has lost case. control right. of the narrative yes which is the only thing he knows how to do yeah he's a marketer extraordinaire and he can't out he can't yeah. market his way through this in the same way that businesses can't market their way through the South by Southwest was canceled. Coachella was postponed. Like that's right. All, like all these things you, you just can't. And, um, yeah. And if he was a better president or if he let other people, if he had smarter people in charge, this might not be a big of his issue, but he's such an egomaniac that he kind of, he kind of purged this, his whole, uh, you know, white house with competent people. Uh, so it's honestly, it's his fault. Really? Yeah. And I just want to say that this testing thing is showing the levels of his incompetence and his government's incompetence. Um, totally. South Korea, Germany, Australia, you can get tested in all three of those countries by, and never leave your car. Right. They're, they're drive-through testing right. centers, wow. which is which does all the things you're supposed to do. And we love Social cars. We should be leading that. We should testing. be leading. And those are countries that all have functional governments as right. opposed to us. Yeah. And like, and, and this is what, and this is what a lot of people held their nose for, right? Was, was Trump in hoping right. that he would somehow exactly. break apart this whole thing. And it's shown in stark contrast that it's the opposite. And that's just going to give, that would have give, a bunch of voters to any Democrat, and I think any Democrat would have beat Trump, but it's it's probably even easier for them to jump over to Biden. To Biden, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah. Well, on those wise words from a young progressive, um, we got we're out of time. Oh, Ryan. all right. Wait, this is this this is a cool. So, hey, thank cool you. This yeah. worked okay, yeah, and I'll miss seeing your lovely face. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, but I think it worked out, and. Uh, well, I, for one, will do this again tomorrow, yeah, okay? Yeah, this worked out. I liked it. Cool. Okay. All righty. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.